this one. Mm-hmm. Have you tried the uh, Fernet Bianca? Yeah, I'm trying, they tried to get a bottle of header and rub. They were the ones that had it. Wow. Wow. It's killer. There's so many cool spirits. That's it. There are, and I'm always down to try all of them at any given time. I, I know. Equal opportunist in this room. hundred <laughs> percent. You don't. You don't really need to nudge me much. I'll be there. Hey, so. try that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, go ahead and get cozy with your microphone. that um, totally food focused you know now we're going to go back um, into the liquefied areas and talk a little bit you know more about cocktails and the culture in Colorado Springs but um, this is Rocky Mountain Food Report Um, this is your show for all things rad in Colorado's food and beverage scene and today I am lucky enough to be starting my Monday morning off with the very lovely two guests I have with me Um, I have Emilio Ortiz and he is one of the co-owners of 503 West and I have Sean Fitzgerald. He is one of the co-owners of the Wobbly Olives, and Happy Belly. Happy Belly now, yeah. And illusion. And illusion. Got anything else? Well, I own a little bit of Roosters. House a little of bit of, okay. And there's okay. two more things coming up. That I was gonna say. I was just. I thought we could just like throw something like a <laughs> boomerang right in the intro. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> and please, there's something that's gonna be announced on the 16th of February. Come on, dude. I have a non-disclosure agreement. I can't say anything about it. It sucks. I don't know how many times. He, he loves teasing. Mark came on this show, too, and he's yeah. like, in like three days later, he's like, announcement. I'm like, this is your <laughs> platform, bro. It's when you sign stuff, it sucks because then people get pissed. I get it, man. Um, I know. Lawyers and all that. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, the, the climate in Colorado Springs is just incredible right now. And, yeah. you know, if you look at, and not to go straight into that, but Bar Louie closed yesterday. Yeah, no, we should. And, I want to uh, talk about I, it. I saw that. I saw that. You know, Inez was... My wife, sorry. Uh, Naz, she uh, she was so butthurt one time when we first opened Wobbly. They opened two months after us. And Bryce came in and he did a review on Barlow and he said, you know, they're probably going to shut the Superior Wobbly Olive down. And Bryce that was, is former editor of RMFR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite people on earth. And yeah. um, he's just so direct with his reviews and everything else. So he said that and it hurt our feelings because we were scared because we didn't know Barlow was coming in when we opened. And oh, so, he was the one that mentioned it to you? Yeah, no, oh. he wrote it in uh, The oh, Independent. Oh, got it. He said, they're a big corporate company. They're probably going to put the Wobbly Olive out of business. Damn. And it scared the shit out of us. And <laughs> so we had two options, though, like in any climate. You know, when we, when you find adversity, we, we could either, you know, get sad and act like little bitches or we can step up and <laughs> always an option <laughs> yeah right i mean that's the easy option it is but i think a lot of people do take that or it's like okay I, we have this big conglomerate 50 yards from us and they're bigger and better than us so what do we do to fix that and that means that we go back to work and we just work as hard as we absolutely can and so we did do that and they closed and we didn't and I feel bad for them. I feel bad for Fox. I feel bad for anybody closing, but so Fox and Hound too, right behind. Yeah, you. yeah. Fox and Hound closed. closed. Well. Uh, Mimi's Cafe closed. I mean, there's. I think we counted twenty-seven. I mean, there's a list that goes on, right? Yeah, it's I like think twenty-seven. At some point, you compile and you start looking at. Some of them are corporate. Some of them are small. Yeah. you know, mom and pop shops. But it's uh, either way, like you said, it's it's never you never wish it upon anybody. Because as somebody that's involved in the industry, you know how hard it is to fucking. Excuse me. No, to, you're fine. To, you're fine. <laughs> no to sense. To put literally the blood, sweat, and tears into a, 
your baby in this industry um and just to see anybody go through that hardship it's just it's you don't you don't wish it upon anybody right well, for so. the employees themselves i think too yeah, yeah i mean it's just they walk up to work and it's oh yeah because they never walk. told anybody yeah i mean that's they didn't even shocking. tell norwood their landlord literally they just shut the doors Holy i mean craziness hey, but <laughs> but here's the thing you have to also look at is i mean you can always we can feel vind vindicated and say hey look we did a, a better job this and that but it wasn't us it was the community is that you're seeing this shift in the community and somebody asked yesterday why are there so many corporate places closing it's because at the end of the day they don't they don't pour their heart into it they, it, they have not that they don't want to they just have 10,000 locations so they they can't I read that comment thread and Greg Howard was the one that responded right yeah to that and he talks about that and yeah I think that makes perfect sense I mean you know you guys care about your employees I mean they're you spend what 80 hours a week sometimes together right um so yeah i mean I, I think it is a bummer do you think it's a reflection of that side of town or do you think it's just this is over, this is overarching this is everywhere this is everywhere because yeah, it's overarching for sure i look at we're a small company we're a small mom and pop little shop that nobody thought would make and we pay an outrageous rent on the east side norwood's been very nice to us and and every time we we make steps they they work with us in so many different ways um, they make it so that we can continue operating on that side of town. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the community. I mean, the people have embraced, they're looking for change. We opened up with TVs, within a year we got rid of them. We have no TVs in our spot, only because we, people want to put their phones down. They want a conversation. And so, I'm not great. We hired very good people, and those people engage with the guests, and, and that's what people want right now. And it's it's cool to me, it really is cool to me to see the change in the dynamic of, it's not just about the drink, it's about the entire experience at this point. Yeah, I think the, the thing with the corporate is that you just, there's there's a feeling that it has no soul, kind of, almost, right? So it's like a copy of a copy of a copy. And, and I guess that's what everybody's kind of looking towards is to expand, and that's your end game. But I think in that transition, you, you'll lose kind of like what you started out with, right? So your identity, the culture, does that translate to every restaurant that you open up? Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I think the people that do it, they do it very successfully. But um, I think right now where the shift's going is people are always looking. I mean, today's consumer is a lot more educated. Social media is very, you know, I mean, in your face. Uh, you know, Instagram's a, a bathroom wall of restaurant, uh, food picks, drinks. I mean, Great whatever it is. That. Yeah. Um, and so people are consuming things at a obviously a higher rate, intake, intake, intake. Um, so people are looking for something that's different, um, that's not corporate, that's not the same old, same old. And if you do it right, you got loyal customers. And like you said, the community will speak, right? 100%. So. And so, and, and that's what, I guess my philosophy with this stuff is that when I started the Wobbly Olive, I thought, even the way I designed the logo, I thought I'm gonna franchise this, make it big. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, if you look at Bar Louie and what they do, it's the Wobbly Olive. It really is. I mean, there's a lot of similarities. But I saw it. I, I saw a lot, you know, just in the couple times I went, but but a different experience altogether. Not that I didn't encounter great people when I was there, sure. but it was, I don't know, it was bigger, it was just bigger, like you said, I think solace is a good word it for it. It was a corporate wobbly olive, and that, yeah. it's funny when I go in there and I look at it, it's like, when he opened the first one in Chicago, it was the wobbly olive. And then he opened another, and then they got to 100 locations. How do you manage 100 locations and have yeah. consistency? You start putting everything in the microwave, you start, 
You start breaking start things. Corners. Yeah, you dumb the shit down. Well, don't you think it's a little presumptuous too? I mean, obviously there's plenty of nationwide chains that are successful, but to think that one size fits all and you're going to go into Chicago, New York, Miami, Colorado Springs and every person is going to absorb that, you know, and like it. Well, fuck, I, I see. Oh, sorry. Um, I <laughs> stop, stop saying so, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, um, fuck, we're bartenders, <laughs> right? We're in this industry. We cuss a lot. This is part of our vernacular on a day to day basis. If you're not cussing at me, I feel like you don't like me. Yeah, um, exactly. I don't trust anybody that doesn't cuss. By the way. <laughs> but go ahead. From east side to west side, the two wobbly olives. It's incredible looking at the different. I, I thought it would be plug and play. People like our shit. And when I look at the numbers, it's 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 amazing to me the differences of what people are actually ordering, eleven miles away from each other. So yes, you're absolutely right that if you go three thousand miles away, you think people want the same shit? Yeah. I mean that's why I think corporate's actually struggling. Is you know, we've thought about several times we need a west side menu and we need an east side menu because the, the number of different things that are sold. And at the end of the day, you can't be so arrogant to think this is good because I like it. So that means that somebody in, in this city is going to like it as well. And here's, I, here's, here's the thing also is again, this is, I, you know, knowing the community and just where you're at and catering to that and not being a corporate and just being like, bam, you're going to like this for what it is because that's what it is. You got to know the community, like do your research, go in there, know the people and, um, Again, the community will speak to you, but I think you get some resistance from people thinking that uh, if you're corporate, you can just, again, plug and play, and it's just going to work out. I mean, it's not. And these guys got money, and they can they can make the gamble, and if it doesn't work, then, you know, they reevaluate all this stuff. But, like, at the end of the day, that's still money loss, and it's still very risky. But um, I think what they don't do is they don't, uh, to me, a lot of times don't do their research. Right. Um and Sorry, continue. No. I was just going to say, I mean, you guys are touching on, like, you know, someone telling you what you want. And as you talked about, you know, the kind of different forums that we have now as consumers, I mean, even like, you know, we have so many different groups now popping up on Facebook for Colorado Springs. I mean, there's reviews. I mean, you don't have to have a Rocky Mountain Food Report website to be writing a restaurant review that hundreds versus thousands of people see. Um, You know, and I see people constantly posting and things... You know, there's so much going on that I don't, I'm not going to catch every single little, you know, place that opens or, I mean, maybe they had a different experience than I had, which happens often. So, I mean, just seeing that, that availability of information is really powerful. And I mean, as a consumer, it's kind of like, do you build your menus based on what you like or what the consumers like? Look, I think, I think organically it starts off with what you like and what you want to see. I mean, that's where it starts from, right? The passion and what you want. Sure. <clears throat> that's that's where it starts from, but then you got to kind of corral it and make it palatable, maybe for everybody else. Like, you know, I'd love to own a bitter bar and this, <laughs> and, like all kinds of different shit. But like, Have fun with that. Is, is, yeah, <laughs> is that going to be is that going to be a smart move here in the springs? No, I don't think so. I don't think uh, people would appreciate that and are in that. And if I'm also being fair with myself as far as like trying to make money and present something that I take pride in. Um, no, would I would I go that route right now? I wouldn't. You know, just knowing um, the audience and knowing that Springs is growing at an incredible incredible rate, and um, I'm so happy with where this city's going. Um, and honestly, I can be like, I, it's just an exciting time to be in the business, to be honest with you. But I think organically, yes, it always starts from the kind of selfish, like this is what I like. <laughs> 
And maybe, I don't know if you've experienced it where, like, oh, I really like this cocktail, and then you put it on, like, you just notice it bombs. That, like, yeah, it just bombs, <laughs> and, like, people are like, who the fuck put this on the menu? But in all fairness <laughs> to you, though, right? Like, that's your art. I mean, yeah, it is, but like that? well, yeah, but you can't be emotionally attached to it because here's the the pendulum. There is that. Yeah. Yes, we make drinks. We start our, our cocktail menus with us about the stuff that we're excited to try. Or, you know, Dave Stahl comes in and he tastes us on something. It's like, oh shit, that's bomb. So, yeah, I'm gonna make a drink out of that. And then, so there's that side which is I'm excited about it. And then on the other side, it swings back over of if it's not selling, it's not selling. And so, well, I, it, I have to look at all of my employees, and I know that every. $35 bottle of liquor on the back bar is seven hours of somebody's labor. So, you know, if, if I buy this and I force this down somebody's throat, does that mean I have to cut a shift over here from somebody else? So you're always balancing the making money and expressing myself as well. And, you know, people have said funny things. I have a dessert cocktail menu at the Wobbly. Well, I, 104 cocktails at the Wobbly, but I have a little <laughs> section for just dessert yeah, martinis. Yeah, which is fucking aggressive as shit. And I respect the man for for tackling that. Dude, there's so many ideas. Like, yeah. I, there's so many drinks I want to make. And I, I literally walk around with 200 drinks, literally just kind of constantly working all the time. And so we, we do menus every 90 days, brand new menus. And it's it's a labor of love. I mean, that's my sandbox. And that's actually why we opened Illusion is because every 60 days, it's a brand new menu I can just play. And I, where are you guys which, at right now with Illusion? Uh, which, by the way, if none of you have checked out Illusion, you guys are going to go check it out. It's a fucking dope cocktail place. Theme-wise, you guys knock it out of the park. I appreciate man. it. It's yeah. it's fun. So uh, we changed we change themes, and basically we look for inspiration anywhere. So right now we were inspired about um, you know Star Wars, okay. and so we're in the middle of just Star Wars-inspired cocktails. And it's so much fun because you, I can't just do a three-ingredient drink for that. I can't just make a, an old-fashioned and call it Star a, Wars. No, can you make a Space Force drink? We can pretty uh, much 100%. make anything. Yeah. I feel like that's anything kind of you can think timely. of, we can make a cocktail for. Here's the thing: bartenders are nerdy as shit, too. Right? So, like, well, so is Space Force. So, yeah, right. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But if if you could think it, it could be a drink. It's Let me just say that, too. right? I mean, and, come on, those and, are our people. And yeah. basically, 100%. you walk into a menu and it's this blank canvas of what do I want to draw? What has inspired me? And it could be the mood that I'm in, or something I had at another bar that was like, man, that's such a cool idea. It's there's inspiration everywhere. Which is fun, but then it also has to be profitable. And so I, I think at the end of the day, you don't want to lose your creativity, but you got to remember what we're in the business are, and it's serving other people. So again, a community will speak to you. You know what your crowd likes. Um, you want to give it to them, and in and that's the whole thing. The way in people imbibe these days is so it's changing every, I mean, very quickly. So you to stay ahead of the game and to stay relevant and it's also because it's something that a labor of love like we like to be on ahead of the curve or like right there right so for me when we opened up 503 it was like we couldn't put anything that was over seven dollars on a cocktail menu because it was the west side and that's what it was right mm -hmm. so now we can get away with selling 14 dollar cocktails but it's it's been an, a process but you've right? earned the trust though yeah and you gotta earn the trust right and that's a big thing Right, and again, the community will dictate that for you, um, and you just got to be cognizant of it, and don't try to, you know, just jam shit down their throat, right? So, like, if I if we were to open up with just nothing but like, you know, twelve dollar cocktails on the menu, probably wouldn't work. Right. Right. This is Dion's third shot, by the way. We. That's untrue. We, <laughs> for the record, that's untrue. <laughs> I'll, I'll second that. 
<laughs> just so y'all know what's up. Because uh, <laughs> right. it's Sean's third. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, I just need friends. But I would say, you know, the community, it'll dictate that. And again, like Sean said, man, we're, it's also not only we, we're trying to give back to the community and be good stewards uh, of our own creativity, but we're also here to make money as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a fine balance between all those things. Right? How do you give back? How do you present something new and fresh to the community? But also, how do you make money in the same in the same time? Right. Well, right. You, you mentioned about having the TVs and taking them out. I mean, funnily enough, um, I didn't even truly think about it until we sat down. But I was patrons of both of your establishments before even beginning to write for Rocky Mountain That's right. Report. Um, many moons before starting the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we've we've you know we've had some moments across the bar, some conversations. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think it's smart, though. I like, obviously, good day and age, uh, you know, everybody's glued to their phone. So um, taking TVs out and making sure people just kind of connect on that level, uh, I think is a good thing. Um, anytime I go out with people, I just put my phone away because I just don't want the distraction, right? I just want to give people the full attention. And um, I think that's also getting lost. But I think that's a great testament to to realize that you want to take the TV out and you want people to kind of connect on that level, right? right? And experience it because they will. They'll they'll lose a lot of things, right? If you got a bunch of distractions, well, I it's mean, never been on, about man. getting drunk either. Yeah, it's not. It's not about getting drunk. If you want to go watch the football game, there's ten thousand places you go to go watch the football game, or even to home. Yeah, it's never been about getting drunk. It's about we are dying for a connection. Mm-hmm. We are we're looking for a connection, and when he's right, we get information so fast all the time that we lose the ability and because I'm older and I have a gang of kids. You know, it's funny, I look at my 18 year old daughter. She communicates better through text with me than she does face to face. I look her and ask her a question, she panics. But if I text it to her, she can give me the best answer I've ever heard. And so I, th- I think at this point right now, we, we are glued to this. And you start looking at your screen time on your phone, these phones now track all this stuff. It's incredible how much we are actually on our phones. If you look at 24 hours in the day, you know, I'm averaging four and a half hours a day, which isn't a lot, but it's to me, when you break down the ratio of how much time I'm looking at this little screen, it's incredible to me. Yeah. I mean, would you give, I mean, I same, same on my phone. And when I think about giving my kids four plus hours of screen time (laughs) on a switch, I I mean, it makes my head want to explode. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do think historically, though, bartenders have served as, you know, a a person that, you know, offers connection. And I think both of your establishments really do um, and always have offered that. I mean, I've never gone in and felt like I just zoned out on my phone at 503 or at Wobbly. You know, like I'm engaged in conversation with whoever the bartender was at that point in time well during recessions and depressions you look at the things that actually jump up in sales and so that's going to be typically some form of entertainment so movies um alcohol because people want to drink their sorrows away sometimes and then also makeup (laughs) as people are looking they're looking for something different and that they want to mask their their pain or whatever it is during a recession so at that point it's like that's who bartenders were is we were the ones that we got people through things and I don't know. I, I think that we, we're losing that touch. A lot of these places are losing that touch of being able to speak to people. Um, never want to call out anybody, but Mark, Henry, and I were at a restaurant. I mean, they might as well just put iPads at the table. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they might as well. It's just it's easier that way because 
this person did not know how to communicate with us in any way or understand even her own menu. But you look at Chili's, you have an iPad, you can swipe through and order your food and then it just shows up. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where a lot of people are going. And I, I don't want to do that. Well, it's, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned Greg Howard earlier with um, uh, opening up the new spot uh, up north, Slingers. Oh, yeah, yeah. First off, Slingers is not north. For you, it's north. For (laughs) you, it's absolutely (laughs) north. It's actually kind of south, right? But it's east. It is. It's east, sorry. Um, Fucking west siders. (laughs) I I know. Hey, dude, when you're plugged in, that's another thing, right? When you're plugged in your area, you're plugged in there. Fucking Uh, yeah, she moved over the west side. She's like, "Uh, can we meet somewhere west of (laughs) I-25? She used to live in Falcon, and all of a sudden... See, okay, well, that was perfect, man. I, I got caught, man. That's how we all talk about that shit. Yeah, I, I enter my little borough, and I got I to gotta yeah. know my area, too. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's... Well, you, it's funny, because it's like, that's the way other people think, too, right? I mean, it's that's incredible. The whole thing about Colorado Springs, right? I mean, that's the whole thing, right? We're trying to expand and make people cognizant and travel a little bit more, but I mean... You get the east side, you get the west side. I mean, like, it's right? It's a big place. I mean, yeah. 35 minutes across town. I mean, that's what yeah. I used to drive from my house to downtown. And to OCC, 45 minutes. I mean, that's a long-ass drive, you yeah. know? I mean... <laughs> no, it is. It's, Colorado Springs is, uh, you know, geographically a large space. <laughs> it is. I want to talk about it. I want to, uh, I want to swing back okay. to the Slingers thing because... Um, <laughs> What, what, what he was, yeah. So what he was talking about is like, uh, you know, having a menu that is just strictly you come in, you order food or for like Chow Now and all these other places where like people are ordering <clears throat> online or via phone and having it delivered to them. Mm-hmm. And like we're, we're seeing an uptick in that f- at 503 where we get uh-huh. a bunch of Chow Nows and people ordering. Right. And it, what it's kind of doing is it's disrupting uh, our actual service with our patrons that are actually showing up wanting to eat there, get the experience. So I think that's another thing that's gonna be a thing moving forward is like, hey, do you have a whole nother section of your restaurant that is strictly dedicated to to go? Or how do you, how are restaurants gonna be able to deal with that? Because it's money that you don't wanna lose. Because corporate does have to go sections. Well, so and they tell do. You, there's a cool story. So right? And corporate's corporate for a reason, right? They've gone through that same process sure. and yeah. they've reached that, that conclusion sense. kind of thing, right? So the Red Robin that's next to Wobbly out there, it's uh, Carefree and Powers mm-hmm. right there. So they were like 400th in the nation as far as sales. Then they created this fucking cockpit with literally DoorDash, Grubhub, Postmates, Caviar. I mean, they, they have this cockpit, and this li- this lady just sits there just doing shit. I mean, just going fucking like bananas on this computer yeah, console. Yeah, like a hacker. Right? It's like a swivel chair, and like she's got the headphone. Like, That's stressful. <laughs> right? I'm getting a anxiety huge, just thinking I'm about already this. thinking about like a huge like Diet Coke or something. Yeah, like exactly. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's just somebody wiping the sweat off her brow, yeah, yeah. and she's like getting fucking down. And they became the number one Red Robin in the state because they literally opened up this cockpit for delivery. And they're saying 22% of all meals by 2022, which is a funny number, 2022, 22% of all meals will be consumed at home, but from another restaurant. That sounds or made from, up. No, it's, look that shit up yourself. It was on no, the onion, it was fine. 2022, 22%, I'm like, no, all right. Yeah. Hey, come on now. It just happened out that way. No, uh, I mean, but you, you try to stay at the top of these things, you look at them because you want to be on top of them, sure. right? Right, um, so 22% of all meals consumed will be at home from a restaurant. That's incredible. So you have to embrace it, which sucks because you're handy now. And okay, we're gonna go on a fucking rant here for a second. But <laughs> so somebody orders some shit, they 
some person that you don't know and they don't know a come third to your party right, right. Come comes in could fuck it all up maybe wants to pull over to the side smoke a bowl fuck his then, girlfriend and we get the yeah. fucking one star review are you fucking yeah, yeah. then you deliver that shit it's knocked around dude it's cold as fuck and then all of a sudden here we go yelp yeah and half of your fries are gone yeah, how right? the fucking Fuck, fries I never are even gone. thought about that. Oh my god. Oh, there's they probably another the statistic about how many fucking <laughs> these guys actually eat the food on the way there, man. Like I mean, I'm sure someone snatched a piece of calamari or I'm something. I'm sure every once in a while. <laughs> every once in a while. Probably not by and large, but I'm I'm just saying like just uh, you know, maybe they pull over and get gas or something. I mean, it's just something as little as Or they as pick that. up five orders at one time yeah, and they're dropping. Yeah. But it's possible. Right. Yeah. You know? But I mean, if you look at it, it's just, it's not a good representation of what your restaurant offers. But it's and also it, what the community wants too, is they don't want to leave their fucking house and they'll pay three ninety nine to have it delivered. I get that. I mean, I legitimately get yeah. that. 100%. I mean, but it does take away from the dining experience. Sure. And for you guys, too, I mean, so speaking of kind of like culture, I mean, the bartender culture in Colorado Springs, I mean, you kind of said it's an exciting time to be, you know, running businesses here. What do you think is um, different or special about the bartender culture in Colorado Springs? We have some strong fucking bartenders. I agree. We got a lot of talent. I think the, the thing that separates us, even from Denver, which I was born in Denver. I, I lived there before I came here. Is that, um, it, it's just hungry. People are hungry. They're starving. They got a lot of talent. Um, I think what it is, man, is just we all are really respectful of one another. And, I, you know, me, girl, I didn't have a mentor as far as a, like a, a bartending mentor, like where, you know, they're like, hey, dude, don't fucking do this. This is how you do A, B, and C. <laughs> I had to fall on my face and learn everything at a very, like, fast rate. So I'm reading books. I'm watching YouTube clips. Uh-huh. I mean, and then I'm waiting for patrons or somebody that's from New York or California or Chicago to fly in and fucking critique how I'm stirring a cocktail. For me to learn, they're like, hey, this is not how you do it, right? So it was like. Fuck, man. Um, but the minute that you learn it, it's like we've learned fast. We've we've adapted. And I think the thing is, man, we, we just – it's it's very communal-based. Like I, I found out that a lot of us visit each other's spots when we can. I mean we're all busy shit. When was the last time you were East? East? Um, I'd, I would say four months ago. Four, four months ago. Yeah. <laughs> You missed a whole wave of cocktails. You missed 90. <laughs> I know. Fuck, dude. Right. Jesus Christ. I can't keep up with this shit. You know what's funny, though? I always remember always remember going out to Wobbly East, and you guys had your chalkboard out in front. And it was sometimes oh, you guys would make little nods to fucking Bar Louis. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I fucking loved it. And I was like, fuck yeah. I was like, good for them, dude. What did that one say? I remember that. It was like, uh, go to Bar Louis, get a drink, promoting them. <laughs> yeah. Come back with your receipt. I'll make a better one for cheaper. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember that too. And uh, and I respected that. I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" I mean, because you you have to you have to bully and fight your way in this industry. It's not just given to you. So that's another thing. Yeah. That kind of pisses me off when you when you hear people like, "Oh, I want to open up a bar too," and I'm like, "No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you fucking don't." And. <laughs> they make it sound like it's like some retirement plan, like it's a it's an easy way out or some shit like that, and, and it's not. Um, it's like those fucks that robbed uh, Happy Belly last yeah. week. 
one, you don't open a restaurant to get rich, and two, don't rob a restaurant to get rich. <laughs> like, we're, okay, I, and there were yes. two break-ins. So were they connected? So the chip shop, um, Austin Bluff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the the camera that picked up the Chippy's place okay. was a white caravan, and then the one was a white caravan as well. Ah, so okay. it was the same people right. at that point. But it's like you don't get into this to get rich. Yeah. I mean, this is not a retirement plan. Yeah. This yeah. is a fulfillment plan, but not. Week? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. No, but you know, I was going to say, so bringing it back to what makes uh, the bartending scene so exciting. I think what it is, it's growing and people are hungry and they're, uh, they have the ability to kind of showcase what, what they have now. And you right? had an event last night that was a platform for that, right? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, the Colorado Springs Bartenders Guild, I'd say is roughly about two and a half years old now. Um, right now we just had a nice influx of uh, people join up so we're we're sitting at like r- right around i would say about 80 85 members nice. uh, which is great um considering that a lot of people like denver for example love denver i'll give a shout out to denver and, and alex flower and, and the president out there um but like you'll see these massive drop-offs and um the whole thing with us is how do you stay engaged how do you create members and show value in something like the guild, right? So we're a nonprofit. We're all volunteer based. It could be like herding cats, right? Getting everybody in the same spot. Sure. Fucking bartenders are always late to everything. We all know that. Hey, I get it. Like, if you do a training, right, and you want it at two thirty, you schedule it for two o'clock. If you want everybody to show up there on time, somewhat, you're still gonna get late, motherfuckers. No matter, right. no matter, whenever, but. I, I think, uh, well, like last night was a testament to uh, just the community and um, how people are just starving for, I don't know, that that, uh, that community feel. Um, last night uh, was just, it was incredible. We had uh, 75 pre-sale tickets, uh, another 20. We had, to turn, we had to turn down people out the door. Wow. That's how busy we were. Um, and, you know, <laughs> we... You know, just like you do in the bar business, you, you wing it, you know? So there's probably a lot of things we could have done better, but I think overall it went great. Um, I think the judges had a good time. I know you, you talked with Sean a little bit, but um, I think people just want interaction. They want connection. And I think that's what we're trying to provide through the guild. And uh, at the at the end of the day, that's what we do, right? We're we're people that love giving back to others, and sometimes at a fault. You have to be a sociopath to do this. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> at yeah. a fault, sometimes. Yeah. Right? I mean, opening a bar or restaurant is such a passion project. I can see that from where I stand. You know, coming in and, and writing articles or doing podcasts with, you know, all of you, and and just watching how hard you have to work, um, the kind of financial stress um, (laughs) there is. Uh, Yeah, I I think people have a misconception about what it is to run a bar and a restaurant for sure. Well, I mean, the the, the hardest part I see from it is some guy wants to order some $50 an ounce shot and that he wants me to put with Diet Coke. It's like, there's a part because we, we learned so much about these spirits, so we we go through this stuff and it's like, man, you're, you're disrespecting the spirit at that point. <laughs> so how do you handle that? They're paying well, me. <laughs> I mean, at the end well, of the day, it's at, their mouth, it's their money, it's their palate. At the it's, end of the day, you give them what you want. But I mean, there's always polite ways to interject and, and get them talking about. And that's another thing where we gotta be magicians with conversations and, and, and how you 
give information for it and have them come back, right? So again, today's consumers are a lot more educated. They want to be educated and not told something, right? Sure. So um, telling them like, you know. You're a fucking idiot. You're yes. a fucking no. idiot with a coat, which <laughs> right. that guy is, right? Yeah, he is. Like we, we probably all in agreement with that, but at the same time, it's like you, you give them what they want. But there's a, there's a way to circle back and talk to them about like, hey, uh, you know, like if it's like mezcal or something like that, and you talk about like the family that actually, uh, you know, put together this uh, wonderful fucking spirit that's been generations deep, and this is how much work goes into it. Just like a restaurant, like everything you put together just to like plop a shot in front of somebody, that took so much <laughs> money, time, and effort that a lot of people just don't realize, right? I mean, it's just there's a lot that goes into it, just like the final bottle that you see. Like, think about these Carthusian monks right here. Excuse right? <coughs> me. It's like all this time and effort, however many hundreds of years that they developed this recipe to put it in a bottle and we just consume it and we just kind of forget about all that. So it's kind of, it, it's a, there's a way to educate and also it's a balance, right? Because you're not going to sit there and, and explain the history of one spirit. Or shame but, or embarrass or like there's so many different. No, yeah. Like you literally, <laughs> it's thin ice every time. Yeah, you gotta you gotta read your, and that's another thing. you gotta you just gotta be a, a good steward of reading people and knowing what they want and not coming off as a pompous asshole. Right. Um, and ba, so, ba, 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 ba. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's easy to do both, but um, at the end of the day, for me, the way I look at it is like, hey, I'm giving you what you want. So if you want to drink a high end spirit and fuck it up with coke, that's your fucking money. Yeah. But you know what? I'm gonna give it to you with a smile. I'm gonna have a conversation with you, and then. I'm going to give you the Coke yeah, and then the, the pole. Yeah. And I'm going to give them separate and you can combine it yourself at yeah. that point. Yeah. You're like, that, that hurts my feelings. Try, try this it. by itself, yeah. please. Right? Yeah, but I at the end of the day, though, it's it's the same thing. Like, uh, you look at these, these. typically it's women. and not, I mean, women have better palates than, than anybody else on earth. But you also look at sometimes this the status quo of they'll come in and they'll order a great goose, dirty martini, extra dirty. And I slut this thing up and I'm charging you 16 bucks for it. It's like, I can charge you nine and let's go with like Spring 44, which is an incredible gin yeah. or c- incredible vodka. Mm-hmm. You can, I can almost give you two of them for the same price that you're paying right now, especially once you put the ounce of olive brine and all that other stuff into it. It's like, people are suckers to brands and they're not suckers to, you know, who we are in our education, what the, the path that we can lead them down. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, uh, that's what you want, so. And obviously we're, we're loving on the chartreuse a little bit today, but what are some spirits and even some styles of, of cocktails that you feel like really resonate with you? I mean, <laughs> our palates are fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like. So we have, uh, we have on tap margaritas at Happy Belly. It took me forever to get that shelf staple on tap with fresh lime juice. I mean, it was, it was rough to be able to get that down. Yeah. Except for when I make it, my palate's here, so I'm <laughs> I'm blowing people's doors off sometimes because there's so much alcohol in that. Right. And yeah, so yeah. I have to have other people, muggles or newbies or anybody else taste that. Like, is this too strong? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a hard question to ask of what we like to drink first, what the population likes to drink. Well, just right now, just what where are you at right now? What what's appealing to you? And then just kind of is there a style? Like, I mean, is tiki like you're just like lately? I've been like really enjoying you know, kind of playing with this style of, of cocktail? Uh, for me, I've always been a big fan of tiki, right? The Polynesian theme. Uh, my my parents, my grandparents have been going to Hawaii uh, forever. 
uh, Raleigh and Nina, so my brother and sister-in-law over there at 503 that are, are owners of 503. Um, they were living out in Hawaii for, you know, six to almost seven years out there. I'd go out there and visit them, um, check out some restaurants. But the Polynesian tiki culture, to me, you know, in all honesty, got a little bastardized um, here in the States. And it, um, not to take anything away from Trader Vic or, or any of these guys uh, that really kind of honed the tiki style out in California. Um, but it's, it's, the, it's the culture. It's the way, the thought, like an escape, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I've always been alert to that, um, but also just the style of the cocktail itself. So uh, high proof, citrus, um, you know, beautiful garnishes, extravagant. Um, so I've always been drawn to tiki no matter what. And I just like the profile um, of rums. My dad's been a rum drinker since I can imagine that was his his spirit of choice. So I kind of <laughs> grew up with rum. <laughs> smelling it. Maybe un unbeknownst to him. <laughs> yeah, smelling it. Uh, but uh, I became a rum consumer relatively early. <laughs> yeah. His um, rum got watered down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's wondering why he could drink it so fast. Right? <laughs> right. Um, and so Tiki's great. And... Um, I know Joe's opening up a, a new tiki joint here, and I think kind of the progression of where Colorado Springs is at, I think it'll get embraced. We'll see how it turns out. I hope it's a great representation of tiki. Um, I, through the guild, was able to go to a thing called Tiki by the Sea out in New Jersey. They host every year, and it's all the biggest tiki names in the business and people that own tiki bars from Canada out in Europe to here in the States. And uh Basically, it's this great thing where we go to New Jersey, and uh, it, this place is literally like trapped in the 50s, and there is just like, uh, I don't know, like these hotels that are just so retro, and yeah, it's right there by the boardwalk, and okay. it's uh, Wildwood, yeah, New I know Jersey. exactly where that is. Yeah. yeah, you can just call it Jersey, by the way. It's Jersey. There's nothing new about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Jersey. Uh, was Peter. Peter was out there too, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the Pete, Pete uh, Avwa. Yeah. Kasasha, uh, Brazilian rum. I have some uh, good memories of Wildwood. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it was fucking fun. <laughs> Tell so, us about him. Yeah. Oh. A frozen bananas <laughs> on the boardwalk? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when I was a kid. Oh, that was a thing. <laughs> the, the boardwalk was fucking awesome. Um, uh, we spent some time out there as well, but uh, we, we went in. It's All these things are educational based, but at the same time, we're all fucking having fun, going out drinking. So long story short, tiki's always been a good thing for me. What I like to drink is usually spirit forward, bitter. I know right now the whole thing with the advent of White Claw and Truly and all this stuff. Um, I love it. I <laughs> I love it. I get it. So part of why I can sell you twenty five white claw. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like you love it. Yeah, <laughs> John's like make mine be... a mango. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally say being a mango guy. Yeah, I mean that's. I do I, love mango. I actually, I'm a black cherry guy. Okay, <laughs> I like mango too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but at the end of the day, I mean, low ABV is nice for me because I yeah. can sell you more. Sure. Before yeah. I have to cut you off. <laughs> so I, I think that's a trend right now. Obviously, I think that's pretty straightforward about the trend. Um, but you should be on top of trends, though. I mean, whether it's the keto diet or the this diet or the grapefruit diet or this diet or all that other stuff. I mean, you have to be on to. There was a thing. Uh, actually, yeah. Applebee's I mean, did that too. It was a grapefruit diet where you eat like 75% of your diet is grapefruits and whatever. Yeah. It helps you out. I don't know. And you're 
peeing out your ass. (laughs) Yes. I get it. I get get why it works. Yeah, we all love that, right? (laughs) You lose weight super fast that way. You're dehydrated and you can't taste anything. You're emaciated. Yeah, Yeah, you can't taste (laughs) it. It's horrible. It's a a lot of citric acid. But it is. But that's the thing is we have to be also true to ourselves, but also be on top of what's the next new thing. I mean, screwball. How do you feel about screwball? Uh, I'll let you talk about it first. All right, so... Peanut butter whiskey, for those that don't know, has a little cute sheep on it. It's from California, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's just super gimmicky, me personally. Yeah, but I'm having so much fun with that bullshit. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. And um, there's just some things I can't get on board with. Like, I, I just... I get it. People love it. It's shit. Like, I don't have Fireball on my bar. Like, I just... Peanut butter whiskey in a like in Irish coffee though is it's pretty great. So I'm doing. Uh, it is, and and there uh, are some people at distillers that are going for that peanut butter profile. I'm a huge peanut butter fan, right? just in general. Peanut butter is like even in beer right now. It's a huge. I think yeah. it's really it's yeah. really popping off. Like yeah. I love it too. So. Well, the other side of so what I'm doing is um, I'm doing a car bomb right now, which is cream de cacao, screwball, and then uh, cream de banana. Yeah. Into a Guinness, so it's like coffee, peanut oh, butter, really? chocolate. See, that sounds awesome. Dude, it's so much fun. Look, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, some things are... I hate to say the word gimmicky, but some things just are to me, but... And it'll um, die off. And- no, no, but, like, um, I think any way you can present something to the general public in a, in a fun way is right. also part of our jobs, right? Yeah. Can I just uh, plant the seed, though, with the screwball and... What's the banana liqueur that's out right now? Did you just take the drink I just said? Oh, did you say banana liqueur? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I said. Oh, sorry. I thought you said just liqueur. My bad. Um, All right. Yeah, well, it's a good idea. Yeah, so it's Elvis Presley. It's <laughs> doing Elvis Presley car bombs. Yeah, there's a... There's I mean, a yeah, I need to a, hear the rest of that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bunch of great like, banana liqueurs out there right now. Tempest Fuse is one of my favorite ones right now. I'm, yeah, and they're the oldest in the game. Yeah. I would say. It's consistent. I get it every yeah. time. <laughs> I mean, the bruschettes is good. I mean, there's so many. There's yeah. so many cool spirits. I mean, what are you drinking right now? I'm drinking green sh- or yellow chartreuse. Not at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so okay, so <laughs> it's like what well, I do. I just, aren't I drinking? So I have right nine, now. right? I have nine. So I have nine distributors. Be a better question. I have yeah. nine distributors right now that come by and they want to taste constantly. And so I'll taste something and my mouth just doesn't get it. So I'll buy a bottle. And so I have bathtub bottles and so <laughs> i don't know it's I good for your this. it's good for your heart like yeah i take it's a bath every single day right rock back and <laughs> forth bath bomb it's i mean this glitter half the time you'll see glitter on my face it looks like i've been to a strip club like it's it looks bad but wait and that is from what from the bath, uh, bath from the bath bombs always bath bombs got it yeah, yeah okay. that's <laughs> what you tell everybody yeah right okay so, <laughs> so i'll grab a bottle and just sometimes it takes my mouth like a full bottle to understand it like there's so many parts of it that makes and, sense, actually. And, and understanding how my palate's going to change toward it. And if you don't like something, buy a bottle and just drink the whole thing. And so, I like, right now I'm drinking uh, the <laughs> second. Right, though. I mean, like, one, one day, like, a certain whiskey will hit you a certain way. And then you drink it the next day, and it's it's completely different. You have a different, almost appreciation. Right, yeah. Or you taste something new that you didn't taste the day before or something like well, that. Well, we had this conversation um, the other night at Brewers at, talking about, like, Samples, right? Like, yeah. there's been some talk about like our beer samples yeah. um, necessary. Because pa- Paradox was yes, yeah. Jeff, that, right? Jeff put it out. Who's moving right across the street from 
503 West, which, by the awesome. way, which we're excited about. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like you have a sip of something like, I mean, I've definitely tried beers and been like, yeah, I like that. And then I have a whole pint. I'm like, that's way too much. You know? Well, it also mm-hmm. comes out of what you had before and totally. do you smoke and was there coffee? I mean, like, there's so many things that come into that little taster to make a decision. I mean, it's, it's incredible, actually, to me. I can hate something today and then love it tomorrow. Right. And so these people that come in, they're so brand loyal. It's like, listen to your bartender, talk to your bartender. We're going to steer you in the right way, the right direction. Because we're making cocktails. I love pouring shots, but I love making cocktails. Yeah, my biggest thing is just asking the customer, the patron, what do you like? You know, what's your base spirit? What do you usually like to drink? Is there something you want to try different? Like, I try to get them outside the box and try to get some, something new. Because to me, that's variety is the spice of life, right? So, like, for me, I want to try to get them out, outside of just thinking the one. Because my, my dad's just very particular. Like, he likes what he likes. And I get that. The older you get, like, you're like, okay, that shit makes sense. Because it's safe. <laughs> it's safe, and you know what you want. And you right. are, and yeah. But uh, to me, um, again, like we mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm a slut for anything new coming out in a, in a spirit portfolio that I will try anything. It doesn't matter. That, yeah. There's nothing that I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, I'll, I'll never try that. Or try to understand or, and, yeah. And what yeah. I always say is, you know, I'll try anything five times. Like, you yeah. can't try it once, <laughs> you know? I mean, Nobody's yeah. going to make but a joke about this. <laughs> no, but, like, that's going to be saying, right? You, you also revisit it, right? But, yeah, I mean, yeah. If you just try it on one occasion. Like, you don't know how you're feeling. Like, I mean, you need to yeah. spread that around a little bit to really feel yeah. it out. <laughs> Yeah, if it's three out of five times is making it throw up, then yeah, maybe stop drinking it, right? Um, or you ended up getting arrested three out of five times. Then yeah. fuck well, that shit. spirit. Yeah. Uh, no we'll loss. just blame it on the spirit. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, man, I, I agree with you. It's it's tough too because when you get a lot of distri- you know distributors that are coming through, are you at the tail end of your tasting, right? <laughs> Is your palate completely exhausted? Oh, my gosh. Um, are you just kind of soaking in what they're telling you you're tasting, right? It's going to taste like, the dirt in this one? Yeah. yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's like smelling probably 25 perfumes at Sephora after a while, I would imagine. Like, yeah. you're just kind of done. And so that's, uh, that's why if I don't get it, I'm going to buy a bottle and just drink it and see if I get it. And there's some brands that my palate just absolutely hates. I mean, tremendously hates. But then there's some I'm like, I never thought I would like this. It's, it's incredible. So, I, again, at the end of the day, it's, it's your mouth. It's what you want, what you're looking for. And that's our job as bartenders and owners as well is to find you know, what's going to be pleasing to one, the masses, but also we have to have enough of a selection for that nerd that wants to come in. And that's and that's difficult sometimes. Yeah. And so trying to balance your palate as you create new cocktails with what the consumer wants, what constitutes, which I've had the pleasure of getting to judge, you know, Sean in a cocktail competition, <clears throat> Ashley, when she Who worked won for that 503. One? Ashley. Which one was that? Uh, uh, Abby Wild. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. She made a beautiful little garnish. She looked like a little wedding she cake. Did. I remember I that. It's so cute as shit. She does, good, she does good work. She's at Black Hat. Uh, oh, that was a Spring 44 um, one. Yeah. 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 That was yeah, a good, good cocktail competition. First off, fuck Emilio. He cheats every time he competes <laughs> in everything that he has ever done. <laughs> That's true. He's legitimately hey, the hey, one hey, man. Hey. I think I've competed against hey, hey, him now. five or six times, <laughs> and every single time he cheats. He does. AKA wins. Meanwhile, I'm a judge, and Sean serves me my favorite cocktail from a Wobbly Olive at that time. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, you didn't know that? No. No. I didn't know that. I saw she was that. a judge. I changed the entire drink at that point. I was like, fuck and it. And you just geared it. Yeah, I was like, I think I've had this before many times. Uh, is there a ball sandwich in this? Do you think that was a good <laughs> twist? I don't know. Well, I saw the $100 bill. You were slipping everybody, so yeah, fuck it. Sh- I mean, yeah, that was great. Shit, I wish I was fucking the black hand of Colorado <laughs> Springs, man. I don't have that type of money, bro. I oh, wish, fuck. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I saw you just like, shit, I'm changing everything. I feel like that's my nickname somewhere. Black the black hand. hand. <laughs> of is this well, that you've tried the five, something five times before? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to set that down. Um, <laughs> so speaking to competition, though, and creating a menu, what constitutes a balanced, good, quote unquote, cocktail? I mean, it's... I have Look, I was letting him go first because I haven't... I know exactly where how I feel about things. Okay. Well, go ahead. You can start um, off. I'll... Mine's pretty, not too extravagant. It's pretty. You know, uh, I was very much like Emilio, where I learned so much more from YouTube and books than I did from watching yeah. other fucks and other people. And. <laughs> did you say other fucks? Yeah, other I, I think okay. you guys are actually. I just, I just wanted to make sure you said that. I thought, I think you said folks, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure he said fucks. You guys are making Mark Henry blush on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Mark um, Henry's a cutie pie. Yeah, he so. is. He, and he's a. He's a candle. He's a pumpkin. <laughs> he's he's like a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> he is absolutely a pumpkin just... spice latte guy. Yeah. Like, I've gone to Starbucks one time. I'm never doing it again. Yeah, with his little yeah. dog. Oh. I be- oh, my God. <laughs> so fucking cute. <laughs> fucking gizmo. He's the oh most adorable little dog ever. But, fucking A, yes. So my my opinion, so listen to Jeffrey Morgenthaler and Jamie Boudreau and even Sean Kenyon. You know, they talk about if you taste something and it's a, a cocktail and the first thing you get is that sweet. Well, that's kind of boring unless you're going for that yeah. or you taste something and it's oh that's just sour that's all boring but if you can hit all these different parts of a person's palate now it's complex it doesn't have to be 11 cocktails adam gasper it has to be yeah, it could be three cocktails at that point so it's finding a balance so i always go back to the traditional kind of 211 style of making things so if you look at the classics for a reason. Right? Yeah, classics absolutely. Are classics I mean, for from a, a margarita to a daiquiri to even an old-fashioned, the two parts spirit, one part sweet, one part sour. Finding that balance, and then we can fucking play. So add one more thing that's a twist. And whether it's something that's house-infused or something that you just fell in love with, I mean, <clears throat> there's so many different ways to go at that point, but two one one's always been good for me. That's a daiquiri, two one one. And it depends on the rum, obviously, but... So is that 2-1-1 by ounce? Because like, I was going to ask, like... Just the parts. Ratios, just parts. The ratio okay. is 2-1-1 one, one is, like, your two... Like, your base spirit first. Okay. Right? Then you got your sweetener. Mm-hmm. And then you got an adjunct or modifier, if you will. So two... I mean, just, like, really dumbing it down. Citrus like two right there. Two ounces yeah, right. of, you know, whiskey. Rum. Um, so for a daiquiri, okay. it's two ounces of rum, one ounce your sweetener, and Simple. one ounce citrus. Okay. Well, it could be sw- simple. It could like for be. Us, a, I mean, like I, I use dimmer, like whatever sweetener. You sure. can use, like I, we use a demerara, which is yeah. like a heavy caramelized sugar, um, or and strawberry then, cordial. Um, yeah. Okay. Anything okay. you want at that point, just a sweetener and then a sour, and then you have to taste it because that's the other side though is that citrus from California is going to be citrus from Georgia, so you can balance at that point and just see it. Does it need a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that? But that's always been my base, okay. and that's from a Tom <clears throat> Collins to which we can go down that path too. So Tom Collins, a French 75 too. I mean, you you literally build off these classics. I love a French 75. Yeah, but it's a Tom Collins. Is Have you had a French 75 in New Orleans? 
Uh, I haven't Nolens. actually. I haven't had one in Nolens, <laughs> but it's it's on the list I think for this year. But do you make it? I've had people make it. I always knew it with gin. Someone told me one time that they made it with cognac, mm-hmm. and I cognac is the original, and that's okay. what they do in, down in yeah. Okay. And that's so, how I like both. This guy makes uh, the most renowned French seventy five homeboy in spring. I mean, uh, in Nolens, makes it with cognac, and Where he is this? makes uh, it's called literally it's called. Uh, French 75. It's called French 75. Oh, the, okay. Awesome. It's, yeah, it's an amazing bar. Um, they're all dressed You're in like the nines. You're like, homeboy. <laughs> yeah. Just go there and ask for homeboy. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh. He's been there since like 1981. <laughs> I mean, No, I mean, he makes, yeah. he's okay. made literally, I mean, thousands and I'm thousands excited. of French 75. So that's kind of what he's known for. And also, Sazerac's, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, last night for the bar fight, one of our classic cocktails that they had to make in the first round was how do you make some classic cocktails to spec because that's where it all starts right you have the ibf and you have all these international places that like bar smarts bar starts <laughs> they have specs of like what classic cocktails are right mm-hmm. it's with absolute yeah well <laughs> and right some of them are like brand brand name driven which is horseshit but um again the classic two one one ratio all this stuff how to make a sazerac um That'll vary to a little bit of degree, but it's pretty much set in how to make a Sazerac. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, martinis and how that evolution has been, right? Just From how they used to be like equal part vermouth and vodka or gin, the original one, right? Um, so the, as far as balance, to me, it's like, what kind of drink are you? Are you somebody that's trying to mask the alcohol and just get a buzz? For me, as, a, as somebody that makes cocktails, I order a base spirit because I want to taste it, but it's also what other flavors am I tasting throughout, and are they giving me a different sensation? What's your drink and, that you have at 503? Though? It's the strawberry absinthe. What is that drink? Uh, the Muse? No, th- that's got mango. Um, I think I just made you one. That was Is that what it was? Yeah. Incredible. I just said I just want something with absinthe that's kind of fruity. Yeah. Which is awesome. It, it, for me, it's uh, tasting the base spirit, and then it, you know, like it takes you on a trip throughout your your palate. So, um, like both those competitors last night, Anastasio's and Stevens, were amazing cocktails. Couldn't be a more like polar opposite as far as what route they took. Uh, Anastasio went more of like a um, AM PM because that's how he feels. You know, he's got another job, so he's working AM here. Working PM over there at five hundred three. I'm gonna say he's so, your bartender, and then Stephen is the warehouse at the warehouse archives as well. Uh, no, not no, anymore. Just, where, just warehouse. warehouse. Okay, got it. Well, he's a mercenary. Okay. <laughs> he is, man. He's a <laughs> badass bartender for hire, man. He is. Um, he's a mercenary. And so both of them just hit on this. I mean, it hits you on all the palates, right? So you taste the base spirit, you get flavors of what they're trying to go for, and then it just finishes nice and easy. It's no like wincing you're not like oh fuck chaser after yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's just a balance so balance to me is just like obviously a lot of this shit is relative and and very um it's very broad as far as like preference goes but um to me the the purpose of a cocktail is to give it to you in not only a palatable format but make you go ah you know so like my my favorite thing is to to give somebody a cocktail and just see them go like this, 
and like pass it to somebody else. Like that's my favorite I thing. Like that. I think balances. Did you fucking like it? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, it is, man. <laughs> balances. You fucking like it. Yeah, oh, and you can man. tell. I mean, that's the thing that we. we yeah, it doesn't really get more complicated. That other right. than like, you fucking like it, and you're gonna. I mean, balance is balance, right? Like, if it's too strong, people are going to make that face. Or if they don't like it, they're not going to like it. And would you make something less strong or more Because so, to me, you could always add more alcohol, right? But you can't... If you make a drink and it's too strong for someone, you have to toss it, I would assume. Look, I, at least on the West Side, what it always was is, like, you have to have... The West Side pours, like, two ounces uh, for everything. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, I get that. But, like, <laughs> just because you have more booze to it doesn't make we it better. Rent. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. We gotta pay bills. So the next actually, bar fight—it's called bar fight, right? The new series from. Yeah, it's a bar fight from the College Springs uh, Bartenders Guild. Uh, the next one coming up. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be coming up. Um, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, Watch out for that mic. I know, hot mic. <laughs> we're gonna be. Uh, we're gonna be doing it next month. Um, we're gonna probably start promoting it pretty quickly here okay uh, but it's gonna be between uh, Philip Taylor over there at Lee Spirits mm -hmm. and Stephen Winchell from uh, the warehouse and so again our hope is to make this just not only here in this downtown or west side area but like we really need to and want to expand this so um, just There's challenging be so many girls what's that there are gonna be so many girls there yeah, <laughs> those are they, they are both too beautiful. They're too. They're just. They're just both tall, stoic, right, motherfuckers. Just Greek fucking gods. Yeah, they they um they got a lot of talent. They're young. They're kind of the epitome of what where the bar scene's going. So young, talented guys. I really know a lot of the history of base spirits. Um, they get cocktailing. They're awesome at mm -hmm. uh, hospitality. I judged the first bar fight with Stephen. Yeah. Actually, so yeah, it was. Um, he seemed to have a lot of knowledge, and um, yeah, Phil does really good work too over yeah. Brooklyn. So who's um, the best bartender in the Springs? Who's the that? best? Best bartender? Yep. Pfft. Who's the best? Ugh. Put on record right now. Uh, you know, it's too hard, man. I, I don't. It's like <laughs> I don't. Sophie's Pussy. choice, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like me. Yeah. <laughs> That's easy. You can't make a new match. Yes. Yeah, right, right. My vote yeah. would actually be you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate no, that. No, seriously. It's uh, Luis was there for for a while. Um, I think it's you. I still think it's you. You cheat. But I still <laughs> no. I, I, think you, I think legitimately you are the apparently best. I slept Benjis to everybody. Yeah, right. hey, why but didn't I get one of those? I, don't, I know, right? Because <laughs> like, he wasn't competing. I, I was, well, yeah, I truly. was choosing Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's so I mean, much talent. There's 50, so many people that have different it. styles. But it, you just nailed it right now, which is it comes down to hospitality. Because I mean, there's a I forget the gal's name. I think her name is Melissa at the public house. And oh she, yeah. She just she can't make some of the more classic cocktails that we make but her just her personality her her hospitality her customer service she just that place is great they have some really it is burgers. i love matt melissa yeah, matt, matt's fucking, awesome it's He's, really like melissa under the really radar is, too it is it is just because the location you know yeah. um i give yeah that place is awesome uh melissa you're right man she's fucking she, she remembers your it. name. She remembers yeah. your name at the moment you walk in. She knows what you want. Half the time, she's going to take the risk and just make your drink when you walk in the door. And <laughs> you may not be feeling that right at that moment, but she has what you had last time. I yeah. mean, she remembers everything. She's a steel trap. I mean, that is the cheers 
kind of atmosphere, right? I right, mean, but are we all looking for that? Right, yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, th- I think so at the end of the day, yeah, 100%. Is there anything that you feel like we are missing right now in the Springs bar scene? I mean, I'm always going to be a critique. and <laughs> You're right. You this know. is your time to be critical. I mean, it's just like the bar fight, like, last night, right? I th- it went well, and everybody was very fucking happy, but I'm over there with, like, ten critiques of what we could have done better. <laughs> like, you right, know. rattle off a few. Top three. Uh, uh, for the bar fight or <laughs> the, co- the Colorado, Colorado Springs? Springs. <laughs> um, yeah, a little broaden it, yeah. So what's going to improve the bar scene? Yes. Is that what you're asking? Uh, I mean, that's a tough one because uh, I tend to think big picture overall. Um, but right now... I think our biggest issue is that we're a huge, like, right? Our, our, our population is moving towards that we're going to surpass Denver. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. We're spread out, but we're not connected. Right. So I think that's kind of our big issue is, is connecting people. Like, I've talked to people up north, and I mean, I do mean truly up north. <laughs> north so, like, Austin Bluffs for you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's two more exits. Whatever the two exits are. He's talking here. about Briargate at this point. Yeah, Briargate. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> um, I think it's, it's just making sure that we, we try to just stay connected in some, in some kind of capacity. So, I think, again, for the Guild, if we can just start reaching out and, and really start expanding and even going into Pueblo, even if it's not Colorado Springs, the the forsaken city that mm-hmm. is Pueblo. Going back down there because there's still a talented people down there. There's We have a lot of talented people out here that just aren't, just because you're not a huge craft bartender doesn't mean somebody that's a badass, uh, you know, speed bartender at a club or I don't know, like a beer and shop place, which is kind of where I got my start at. Um, that that talent is just not sitting right there. So I think pulling consumers, uh, talent, and other establishments, and I think right now my critique is that we don't do that enough, and it's all talk, and we don't. I agree with that. We don't actually do that. Yeah. So for me, that's my biggest like critique right now, um, and I only bring that up because I think that's something that we should tackle that I think would would make things a lot better. Yeah, for we, what we do. Yeah, we're very. I would, I would say dichotomous, but it's really more than that. I mean, we have like our different eggs in Colorado Springs that go beyond just east and west. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's a little bit more north than you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. What well, about I mean, you? Sh- <laughs> I, I would also say, I mean, like the cocktail booms here, but I mean, also embracing the beer community, which you're highly involved with. Um. Wine too, all mm-hmm. aspects of the whole thing. Um, and just being better stewards and promoters of local businesses, small mop and mom and pop shops, and support local. I think that's one thing. Again, people like to say they do it, but like, literally, put your money where your mouth is. Kind I mean, of. McDonald's like, fries are bomb, though. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sucks. I know, man. It's an addiction, right? It is. I mean, if you really think about it, it's an addiction. Uh, from my perspective. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's such a freaking hard one, and what we're missing. But I guess the question I have to ask myself is: these places call themselves craft cocktail bars. What are you crafting for somebody? I don't feel like a Negroni is a craft cocktail. I feel like you you combine three ingredients and you stir it. Good for you. You know, I can get a Man- Manhattan in my dive bar. Tony's right over here mm-hmm. can probably make a Manhattan. 
So I feel like that sounds like an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, to, I mean, that, well, it's, it's funny because you see some dive bars that all of a sudden they now got to kind of break to, out a little bit, and they oh got to yeah. be like, "Okay, I got to know how to make a Manhattan or a Negroni." Yeah, like a, a, a classic cocktail here, or a martini. Like maybe like three cocktails that are like, "Okay, I've seen dive bars now." They're like, "Man, fuck, I got asked how to make a, mar- a Manhattan the other day," <laughs> even though everybody at the bar is drinking fucking PBRs, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you no, see I'm not that. impressed anymore by. Your old but, fashioned, but I'm with you. So for me personally, like, um, yeah, I have some classic cocktails that are, because everything's a rift off something, right? Like, it's really <laughs> right. hard to be super original, <laughs> and it's the same way in, in the culinary world. I've right? managed to spring water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve Winchell used fucking. Manitou spring water last night. That fucking cocktail was dope as shit. That's what Sean said. He said it was inc- oh my fucking God, incredible. It was so fucking good. Um, no, no egg whites needed because it already had that. Uh, like, kind of yeah. <laughs> sulfuric. Yeah. yeah. Have a nice Actually, sulf- I'm kind of curious to try yeah. that now. Oh, man. It, it turned out great. Um, but it's for me, I like to put a lot of original cocktails on that you're not going to find anywhere else. Right? So for me, that's, again we always kind of circle back like, okay, like we have craft in our name. So it's like, what are we bringing to the table? What are you, what are you crafting for somebody? Yeah. What did you make? So is it that kind of focused concept that you think that we're missing? Like people <clears throat> need to be like true to that. Do you think it's just craft is just thrown around now so much? Like Craft's, craft craft's like craft. a moniker. Yeah. Like it's just like you throw it on the name because I mean, that's just what you do. It's just like any other restaurant that is scratch kitchen herbs and rye. It's this <laughs> plus this. It's right? this plus that right those are all the names that are popping up and it's like fresh this or new this and it's like yeah if you say if you tell me you have fresh lime juice okay you fucking should yeah like (laughs) it's not even a question it's not yeah Yeah. like that's not a big deal um what if they wink at you after they say it (laughs) (laughs) then i'm ordering two and i'm fucking well then i was (laughs) yeah right you're like are they being serious (laughs) yeah One has a roofie. I'm into this. Yeah, are they flirting with me, or is this also fresh like juice? Yeah, but Um, but but just knowing a classic cocktail doesn't make you a craft bar anymore. So what are we making for somebody? What infusion are you doing, or what syrup did you make, or what what did you come up with that's unique anymore? Because I feel like this idea of craft cocktail now is so lowbrow because I can't get a Manhattan at Tony's. So I don't, I don't think it's, I'm not impressed anymore that you have a Manhattan on the menu. It's like putting a Jack and Coke on the fucking menu. Could you imagine that? We also have I Jack mean, and Cokes. So it's I originality mean, that you feel like we're missing? It's originality, but it's not patting yourself on the back because you combined a couple ingredients. Like what did you actually do for somebody? I think, I think the biggest thing uh, facing Colorado Springs right now is bridging the old with the new. Yeah. And so it's that gap in between. How do we bridge people from old ways of imbibing and taking them into the new world. So I think a hybrid of both is kind of where we're at right now, right? Trying to trying to placate to all these different palettes and where people are at on that pendulum. It's oh, yeah. tough, but I think a, a biggest obstacle for us is just educating the general public and, and getting them used to that, you know? So like, again, like for the West Side, couldn't put more than a $7 cocktail on the menu. And so, I don't know how many times we had people come in and be like, yo, if you don't have Kuro's Light on top, if you don't have, you know, $6 cocktails that you're going to, you guys are going to fail kind of thing. Well, we didn't buy into that shit. We're just like, look, man, we want to create something new that's different uh, that we like and make it craft in the sense that 
we're sourcing locally. We're bringing fresh ingredients. We're switching up as much as we can. Uh, on the cocktail side, I'm putting on original cocktails that literally, if you put in those ingredients, you couldn't find on the internet or anywhere in any magazine. That's kind of like, for me, that's kind of like what I look to, you know? So sometimes it's really hard to be original in a in this day and age, again, where like <laughs> people can look up your wine, right? And be like, yo, dude, you're charging this much and I can get it for this much. And like, they do you're shit like that, right? $6 a glass. Yeah. I can buy this right now online for $7. Yeah, and then you gotta, you, and then you gotta describe to them like why it's marked <laughs> up like that. And like, you get in this conversation, right, with these people. And it, You're like it, mainly it's because I'm greedy, but otherwise it's <laughs> it's mainly fuck you, pay me. Well, no, the fact is, yeah. the moment I open it, it could go bad. Yeah, and I may have to throw the whole fucking thing away. Yeah, no, yeah. wine is honestly like one of the biggest markups, I would think. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But. So I think I think uh, just bridge again uh, the connectivity through Colorado Springs, but then also bridging that gap from the old. Because again, I hear this a lot of time, like especially on the west side, right? Um, just old school. Right, you hear old school a lot. So it's like, what does that mean? What What's old school mean? <laughs> what does that fucking mean? You know what I mean? Does that and mean it's 2015? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking millennials, like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Blue Hawaiian for you right now. <laughs> yeah. So to me, it's just, it's bridging that gap into newer things, which are scary, right? I get it. City's growing. Things are changing. People live here for <clears throat> generations. And so they're scared to change, and I get it. Well, I think um, as bartenders, though, we have to understand all of these generations. And, and that's the thing. The bartenders help you get – help that transition in a city, right? So I think we are that bridge, if you will. Right. Right? So people that have anxieties about the way the city's going, politics, whatever may be going on outside of the world, they go to our establishments and the hospitality business to either get away or help them deal with it or transition to a new phase. So – we're a growing city. We're growing really rapidly, and that's very uncomfortable for a lot of people here. Yeah. Um, so you have to know when to push and pull, and and understand when somebody wants for, a Long Island. I mean, a lot of people want a, this Long Island with the uh, the sweet and sour, this and that. We make ours fresh. Yeah. And so they taste, and they're like, "Oh, this this doesn't taste like the one that I get down the road at Dublin House." It's like, but yeah. this is fresh. Right. But here's the question: Is mine better than theirs? No but the customer enjoyed theirs better than mine. So it's it's finding that balance. We have to we have to understand exactly what our consumers are always wanting all the time and then lead them down the right path. And then also say, go fuck yourself sometimes. <laughs> and I, I love the word you use, steward. I mean, yeah. to me- We have to. It, you know, it's, you don't wanna, I mean, a steward by definition is someone that kind of takes you to to your spot maybe, right? In a, in a movie theater, they, you know, from way back when. It's like, you, you wanna just shine the light and bring them to a spot that they're comfortable. 100%. Um, so it, like a, a big thing for the bartenders guild too is that bartenders uh, set trends, they don't follow them, mm -hmm. right? So, and I feel like that's the same case in this industry, like we are the ones that are taking the risk. We're going out there and we're presenting something to the public. Fuck, they may hate it, they may love it. Like you never know, that's a fucking risk behind it, right? And another thing about the industry, and there's so many things against us as a small business, whether it's taxes, whether it's uh, dram shop laws, whether it's, uh, I mean, all kinds of things. Uh, <laughs> unemployment, I mean, fuck. Insurance. I mean, insurance. Uh, all these things that, you know, right now, like, you know, Nina's like, oh my God, like, well, also like minimum wage going yeah, up. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you, 
how do you take that? Because like right, the concept of it makes sense. Like people are like yeah, pay pay people more with the small business and how that affects at least our world. It affects it a lot differently, and when you look at it in different aspects, it's like fuck. Well, now how are we gonna pass on that cost? You know, and usually the number one place you look to to cut costs is labor. Mm-hmm. So right? people lose multiple shifts now. Right. Yeah. And they're so, not there for that eight bucks an hour, nine bucks an hour, whatever. They're there for the tip. Yeah. They're there to serve people. Totally. And so they've lost now shifts, which is more of a decrease than it was the one dollar they got now for their hourly wage. Nobody was there for that. Yeah. And so I mean, it's it's in the, in the bartending world too. I think the biggest thing that's kind of threatening us is the concept of the all star, rock star bartender, where you can learn up a bunch of shit and you just kind of steamroll your way through and show up to a place and not fit in with their culture or what they're trying to represent. And they're there just strictly for the money, which yes, money's the reason why we all have a job. We got to pay bills. We got to do that. But to me, a red flag for me is somebody coming in, acting like they know everything, say they got 10, 15 years experience. They don't fit in the culture. They don't fit in with what you're trying to do and what you're trying to represent. Then I don't, I don't need it. Right. You know, um, if anything, you're gonna be a cancer. Hundred percent. I mean, right? Just because you you can make a badass cocktail and you got fucking fifteen years experience doesn't mean you're shit behind my bar or behind like right. It, it uh-huh. takes a different mentality. It takes a different. How do you how do you plug and play in in that sense, right? So for me, I think people just think, hey, I could read some books, YouTube, and I think maybe me and Sean might be the exception as far as like just learning and like and just getting thrown into it and doing it. I don't think everybody can do that. I really don't think so. But um, the people that think they can and have that chip on their shoulder, that's that's the biggest threat is getting a culture like that, that mindset. You to be obsessed, like legitimately yeah. obsessed with this. Yeah. So that that's the thing I, I just don't want to see happen here. And, um, you know, I think right now we're pretty good on putting one, one another in check, so to speak. But... Um, it's a thing within the industry. It is. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of, <clears throat> I think, strong personalities that would yes. come forward and have a lot of strong feelings about what they're putting on the table. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes total sense. So I know you kind of always typically wrap up with the same vein of supporting local, which is um, very true to form for what we want to accomplish at Food Report. Um, what are each of the businesses as far as social media that people can follow, look to, and then get information about upcoming events, uh, bar fight through the guild, stuff like that? So you have 503. Um, 503w.co. We also have, uh, uh, well, we're working on a new website actually as well. Um, and, and a little bit more of an interactive website. Um, but also with the Guild, um, we obviously the Guild is, uh, it's a national uh, nonprofit that started literally like in the 70s. Um, and there's over 50 cities with different chapters. Uh, so you can go to usbg.org. And then we also have CSBG, which is College Springs Bartenders Guild. We have, um, we're, we're gonna be creating another page, a private and a public. Um, you can visit any of those um, within the week. Uh, the private one, you just gotta uh, ask to be a part of it, and we ask you some basic questions. And uh, based upon those answers, we we accept you or deny you. Um, 
which is denied. Denied. <laughs> That's harsh. Um, so those. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, Facebook. Don't say something stupid. So, so uh, Facebook, 503W. <laughs> um, same with same with our, our website and Facebook, uh, 50W.co for our Instagram. Um, also, you can always find me over at 503 to talk about the guild anytime you guys want. Um, but uh, we finally hired a social media person, so we're going to be very consistent with uh, events and what's going on awesome. and uh, making sure you guys can digest that on a daily basis like we said we're all yeah. glued to our phones but <laughs> it's gonna pop up every fucking two seconds you need so. a picture Sister of Calamari and Garden yeah. Gimlet every day on yeah. your feet absolutely <laughs> you need it you need it so <laughs> and all, all the things over here Sean so where we can find you Wobbly yeah um, Wobbly Happy Belly Illusion um, really what it comes down to though is you have to understand that from brother to Mark to Rebecca at Rasta Pasta to even you in Rocky Mountain Food Report, these people, these local people have put their lives on the line, their mortgages, their families are on the line. And so that's more important to support. I don't care who it is. I really don't care who it is. Uh, Dave Lux at Kraft. I mean, there's so many places to go in this town right now. And you see the Springs actually, they're revolting against the, the corporate companies. They're not going there anymore. They're going everywhere else. That's why so many corporate companies are closing. So. Wherever you want to go that's local, the block, which just opened, mm -hmm. um, go Your see my boy Phil. Good. Say what, right? Yeah, I yeah. just went in there the other day. I, yeah. Phil Arana's cocktail menu that he created down there is spectacular. I didn't even and it's, Phil was involved. Yeah. He is, and it's only going to get better. Wow. He even said, I'm going to give them 90 days to get their shit together, and then all of a sudden, I'm going to blow the doors off. I didn't taste it, but I walked in and I saw the burgers on like these beautiful kind of board. I was like, damn, I wasn't expecting that. Right? So, um, check it you know, out. Greg and Ari over at Streetcar 520. I mean, everything that Joe has ever done. I mean, there's so many cool people, but they these people are putting their asses on the lines for this. You know, their employees can leave, they can shut down, but at the end of the day, they lose everything as these owners. So, I mean, I would say go anywhere you want. Go what makes you feel good. Yeah, but try everything five times. <laughs> five times, that's... Go that's, check it out, yeah. That's a bare minimum, folks, five times. Yeah. Again, so many fucking jokes here. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, nice. at the end of the day, though, it's it comes down to drink what you want, eat what you want, and and us as hospitality professionals, we have, we're just going to do the best job we possibly can. And don't leave a fucking Yelp review because you you know, you know didn't like the color of something. I mean, or let parking. us know. parking. Right, right. Yeah, the parking <laughs> that we can't control because we don't have any parking. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's they get the hell out of here. There was a homeless guy two blocks away, so you want to give me a Yelp review. But I, come to you is what you're saying. You and please. It's been said in the podcast with Jay and Mark from a couple, you know, a couple months ago. Like, yeah. Talk like, to talk to us. Let us, yeah, let us know. Absolutely. One of us are always on site. I mean, I don't think I've ever walked into 503 and you're not there. Yeah. Or Nina. Yeah. I mean, there's one of you always there. Yeah. So if there's a problem, just talk to us. Just... We want to fix it because we care about you. So yeah. don't get Mark started on that subject, by the way. <laughs> he did a podcast with me. <laughs> we, we went there. But, but he was nice about very that. Very accessible people. So yeah. yeah. Not living in the clouds. So it's not, an, it's not a we don't give a fuck issue. It's a we made a mistake. We didn't read it right or something happened. Like we will always fix something. So I'll, I'll leave it that way. But I'm, I'm excited for you. This is awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I love talking to you guys about what's going on in the Springs and I mean, Colorado wide, but uh, there's been a lot of 
big changes I feel like lately here and a lot a lot to discuss a lot of closures a lot of openings um, so it's it's been a roller coaster the last year I would say like kind of watching the scene here um, and I, I love what you guys are doing and again being patrons of yours prior to even being involved with Rocky Mountain Food Report um, it's been a pleasure to watch you guys uh, grow and evolve so thanks for serving up the good food and drinks hey well, we appreciate you. you and what you do and so keep doing what you're doing and Thank you for having us. Yeah, honestly. no problem. Yeah, and thank you guys so much for listening. This is Rocky Mountain Food Report, and we just touched on all the things going on in the beverage scene in Colorado Springs. So tune in next time, and we will talk about all the good eats and drinks from there. Try five times. Try five times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have just went dirty with that, like, real That's quick. That's all I was going for. That's you can't all, say it, though. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs>